you are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. So, hey, Matt. Hey, so I, I know I just said I want you to start, but before you start, <laughs> I want to say one thing and one thing only. Okay. If I cut out because my internet goes down again, just pause. <laughs> I, you know, I was actually going to say something. Yeah, I won't. Uh, I won't do what I did last time. Yeah, just 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 pause, and then we can just count down and get back into it again. But uh, 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 okay, back to the original programming. What did you want to say, Mikey? Uh, you know what? Should we just do another open again? No, I want that to be the opening. Fuck it, let's go, let's go. (laughs) All right, Matt, do you play video games? I do play video games. Do you like sports games? Or are you more of a I'm more quirky adventure game, RPG? I'm more of the FPS Warzone guy. Uh, Warzone, Overwatch, Battlefront type person. I don't okay. I don't hate sports games. I don't really love them. Um, like, I love hockey in real life. I play hockey in real life. Yep. I don't love playing hockey video games. They're fun, but I get pretty bored of it pretty quickly. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, why? What's up? So here's my thing. Have you have you ever played um, mm-hmm. or have you had any interest in fighting games like a Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Soul Calibur? Uh, I did with Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive is another one. Yep. I, Dead or Alive. Okay. How about Super Smash? Do you do you, do you call Super yeah. Smash Brothers a yeah. fighting game? Well, yeah. Yeah. I do like Super Smash Brothers a lot. I did like Dead or Alive a lot growing up. Uh, but that was pretty much it. Just those were really the only two fighting games. I think I tried Tekken Ready to Rumble on N64, and I think I played a little bit of Mortal Kombat, but I'll be honest, I never liked the fighting mechanics of Mortal Kombat. Right. I never liked it, or Tekken, or any of those games. I I really didn't. Um, but, but, so here's my point. So, would you say that those uh, particular titles, let's say, or that type of genre of fighting style games is popular. Compared to something or just in general, is it popular? So here's my point. Why are UFC games not as popular as compared to a Mortal Kombat or a Tekken or a Super Smash Bros? This is a, you would think that UFC is bringing something different. Right. So first off, sports games alone, that that particular genre yeah. is big. Yes. Huge. It's to huge. a certain crowd of people. It is huge. No, they have they have like sports tournaments for video games. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, every year, every year, there's a brand new game within mm-hmm. any field of sports coming out. Yeah. I feel like the UFC, though, is. On the bottom of the totem pole. And you would think that with a fighting game this was their chance to be unique like this is real fighting my question is why do you think it's not as popular as something like mortal kombat now just to give you a little fact the first very first ufc game came out i believe it was august of the year 2000 for dreamcast and then it was later released for PlayStation 1 and Game Boy or Game Boy Color uh, that following November. Okay. So it was, on, it was for Dreamcast, PlayStation 1, and Game Boy in the year 2000. So this is now, oh, I would say six years after the PS1 launched. And I believe the year 2000 is when PS2 was launching. So... You know, with uh, I have my thoughts and opinions as to why, but I'm, I want to. Well, before you give your, get your take, b- on yeah, it. before you give your thoughts and opinions, I want to ask you a question. Well, sure. let me answer. I never finished answering your question. I have played the UFC video games. Not okay. I, the last one I played was I haven't played one since two versions ago. So I think the last one I played was UFC two. Okay, and it was actually really entertaining. I think I was uh, Brock Lesnar, and I loved it because I was just a fucking oh the Lesnar era. Okay, it was the yeah that's a lot. I remember because I was I was thinking I'm just gonna be Brock Lesnar. I'm just gonna f- fucking throw people around. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, just knocking people out all the time. I 
I, here's the thing. I liked it in the sense that it was cool that I got to see the fighters I wanted to see more often. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, I, I wish you know Brock Lesnar doesn't have a lot of, a lot of fights in the UFC, but I can match him up against whatever I, whoever I wanted in a video game, and I could control it. I didn't like the mechanics. They it, the mechanics weren't bad. It was just. How can I put it? And maybe this answers why I think it's not as popular. The gameplay is not bad, right? The gameplay is not bad. The mechanics are not bad. You feel like you're like when you get taken down and you're trying to, you know, you're you're trying to hip escape out, right? Like oh, like trying to like trying to get off the ground and be able to get back up that same scramble with the controller and the timing and like the management of your stamina is the same it's not the same it's like a similar process of when you're actually trying to move right if you did that training on the mat you know what i'm saying so in that sense they did a great job of of transferring over that sequencing into video games the, the downside is, is that the video game, much like untrained professionals in real life, is very, very slow in comparison to the real life thing. In the real life thing, it's a fast scramble. It's a, it's a quick move. It's a fluid thing. In the video game, your guy's just laying there like, like moving in animation. And then you try to yeah. make a move and you fail. So you go back to the animation. And <laughs> like it's the same thing for the person you're fighting. And it's just, I think the... The while the feeling is similar and like the 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 pace of decision making and scrambling to do the right tactical thing, whether it's just inputting controls to do the right move or making the right decision if you were training on the mats, it makes a connection. But the visual connection is lost because you have like a three to six second process like time frame of the two people, the two fighters just laying on top of each other until you until somebody successfully hits the combo and then one guy moves or one girl responds. You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. So it looks really fucking weird. And it's just... It's not the... I guess the, when you're playing it, the experience is there. But when you're watching it, it looks so shitty. And it, it sucks because I think they did a great job of trying to make it like a, a real process. Almost like this is kind of bullshit almost like learning martial arts in the sense of how do I, you know, how do I uh, move into half guard? Like, that's a thing you have to learn in real life. And in that video game, there's so many controls. That's something you have to learn in the fucking video game. So (laughs) it it just, it's not the worst experience. It's just watching it is dog shit. And I think that's a big detriment because when you have games like Dead or Alive or Mortal Kombat, watching it is so fluid and watching it is so like graphically there's more going on, right? Like you're ripping somebody's like heart out of their chest or, or, you know, you got some big ass titties bouncing around in like a bikini or something like you have something that's, that's graphically and visually, uh, I guess, you know, more fluid than the pauses you have in in uh the ufc video games right okay. right but but i but here's an example of a fighting game from real life that i think fucking knocks it out the park and that is the uh ea sports fight nights the mm. boxing games i don't know if you played any of the boxing games holy fuck is that fluid as shit it's like basically vr it's so good first person view it's you get controls i've seen skilled players play it and it's like a boxing match yeah you know high block they're going low to the body they're like stepping out they're moving to the side they're stepping back in they're running out of stamina so they're backing up oh shit they got caught in the corner that dude's unloading they're trying to like they're trying to clutch and grab so they can like (laughs) so they clinch and hold get their stamina back up they get separated now they come on the offensive try to get back in the try to get center ring control like it's really fucking smooth and it's good animation and it's fun it's a fun game but that's a game that's so complex because there's so many because it's so good and so fluid it requires so much dynamic control input you know like how to like you know lean back, have a high guard, have a low guard, switch which guard, which side, you know, cross on what arm, like like hook on what arm, uppercut, step back, like cut back, move to the side, <laughs> like it's crazy shit. It's it's crazy shit. It, it turns into 
um like uh, what's a good way to put it it reminds me a lot of the you know the arcade game where shit lights up and you got to tap it yeah on the wall it's like that yep. at, at like the fastest hardest levels like oh shit oh shit oh shit ah ah like it's just you're going you're going you're going it's nonstop. uh so yeah that's 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 how i view it that's i guess what uh, what you could say how i view the ufc game stacks uh up against its its competition or what else is on the market right okay does that does everything i make i, I said make sense or no yeah yeah um pretty much it's 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 more, uh, I don't know if I want to use the, the term uh, patience and being more strategic about your every move in the game, uh, which is why it could be more slow-paced at times. Um, but, I, you know, I was kind of thinking of this, um, and I actually forgot to even mention, like, wrestling games, because I, I feel like uh, even wrestling games are... Uh, I was going to bring that still, up. Yeah, I, well, at least they were pretty big. I feel like they were more popular in like the 90s maybe early 2000s i'm not sure how popular they are today but um but is that a fighting game in your eyes i i i I would consider it fighting sure thank you um it's a martial art my man right (laughs) um (sighs) <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. Oh, so the point I was going to make was, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, back in the old days of like Nintendo or Atari. I mean, before WWE, it was WWF. Yes. And I mean, they were coming out with video games back on those consoles in the seventies, eighties. So, fighting games have been around for a while, uh, particularly wrestling. The only boxing game I've ever played is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. But even getting into other sports games in general, uh, you know, there were games like NBA Jam. I played that as a kid. Um, It was a basketball game, but there were certain moves that were a bit unrealistic, like when you're doing a slam dunk, but the ball's on fire, you know. So there were some visuals to it that didn't make it feel like it was extremely, like, 100% real. Um, what else? Like I said, wrestling games. I, I used to play those. I, uh, you know, uh, what was one? WWF Warzone, uh, WCW versus NWO, and for the PlayStation. Um, as far as UFC games, I've never touched them. Uh, never... Never really played any other sports games. It's not really my genre to go to. Right. But in terms of fighting games, I f- you know, the very first UFC debuted in 1993, and it took them seven years to either gain that popularity or reputation or something for, th- for them to finally come out with a game. But at that point, in 93, Mortal Kombat was out. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had, well, at least in the next year, I mean, the introduction to the Tekken games. Tekken 1 was going to come out. So there was already some... What was the Capcom? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Street Fighter. You had Street Street Fighter games. Yeah. You know, so there was such a huge competition. But I think what was great was you were seeing almost this... uh, I guess I would say like comic book style fighting, like a Marvel, you know, like it was fighting, yes, but it was so science fiction and um, Mortal Kombat was absolutely gruesome. I mean, what? how can you top that, what they were doing and the fatalities and stuff? Um, yeah. And then you get to the year 2000, UFC has been around for seven years now. They finally decide to put out their very first game. Which, from what you're describing, I believe the very first game kind of worked in the same way, if I'm not mistaken. Probably not as technical as today, but similar. And they advertised it as realistic fighting experience. Um, What didn't help either was releasing it on the Dreamcast. (laughs) 
months before the very popular PS1 and then Game Boy Color. But like I said, I believe the PS2 was already out uh, in the year 2000. I'm not sure what month, but then they go and release it on PS1 and then Dreamcast, which was one of the number one like failed systems of all time. Yeah. So already they were set back. So it was more of a... Their timing was off for sure. Um, I feel like they could have done something, just put a, a bullshit game out back in the early 90s, even if it was like a PC game or something, uh, just to get there, just to see if they could tread in the waters a bit. Right, well, um, well but like if you're going to talk about like releases and stuff like that, that gets way more, I think, legal, right? Like it, it turns into what's the publisher agreement, what's the contract agreement for the developer, like what's the distribution agreement. You know, I feel like there's a lot more legal parts involved. I'm not absolving, you know, anybody involved in that as to why the first game flopped. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's more to it that probably was going on behind the scenes. I mean, oh, I'm sure I agree with you. I, I don't think any of those things lined up for them to have a successful launch. But I was playing UFC 2, I believe. I think it was the second one. I was getting that on X no PS three PS three. I was playing it. The second one, I believe it was. Who was the cover of the first of the first UFC game? Was it like Chuck Liddell or somebody? It's funny you say that. It was. Uh, I. It looks like a very young Tito Ortiz, just <laughs> destroying somebody. I can't even make out the guy. And the picture is taken from the outside of the cage looking in. And I want to say it's Tito Ortiz. Um, the second game had Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, and then there's a third guy in the background. Um, so I'm not really sure. I could actually look it up now. I, I had it saved on my phone. All right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's Tito Ortiz on the first yeah, game. Tito Ortiz. Okay. The second game had Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. I'm not sure who that guy in the back is, the third guy. But yeah, that was the Tito and Chuck era. Okay. Okay. Um, I think something that. So, and this is where credit has to go to Dana. I know he gets a lot of flack on social media and he gets a lot of flack from journalists and, and media in general, right? For his bullish attitude on things and his his general like demeanor um, when it comes to some interactions, but Dana White navigated through such a crazy time frame for the sport, putting Tito Ortiz on the cover of a cage fighting video game is a choice where you say this is a representation of the demographic for our game. And you either make that choice when you feel confident that you have enough capital in the market that those demo the demographic that you target and represent with that picture, they will buy it because that's what they want. Or you're putting it out there with a very real threat of all the... With all the negative attention to cage fighting being hyper-realized with the visual of Tito Ortiz. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like just angry, you know, like short crop, short crop haircut guys just yelling and, and hurting each other. And then you put a picture of Tito Ortiz up. A, that's either going to be the stereotype that people that don't like cage fighting think of. And then they're getting reaffirmed of that belief when they see it. Or B, you, you, you do what Dana did, which is you take the risk and say, I think we have enough of a footprint in the marketplace that if we do this, we lean into the image of what we truly are. The true fans of this sport will buy this game because they see that and they know what this is. And he was right. Well, maybe yeah. not with video games, but he was right with the choice of they came out with, what, four more UFC games? Like, like obviously, they're working in a good direction here. You know, so uh, so and to go to back to your point, it's, I guess it's still kind of similar. Why are we still going to be putting out video games when we have to compete against Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and 
insert whatever fighter game here. And I guess it's because a the UFC makes enough money where they could take a loss in that market and they'll feel fine. It's just the representation that they want and the outreach of marketing to a younger audience as that game covers in video game stores everywhere and on websites. Or it's because they are selling enough to the demographic that wants it that they're making enough money off of it to keep doing it. See, but would it be affecting them financially or EA Sports? That depends on the contract deal. Mm. That depends on the contract for it. So I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But it's very possible it's EA Sports and it's just using the UFC likeness and the UFC gets a cut because it's their shit. I'm assuming UFC doesn't have a, de- a development team or a gaming studio to be able to yeah. say that. Hence why they're with EA Sports. It's not like EA is just publishing the game. It's all EA Sports. It's in the game. Yeah. It's all that shit. Yeah. So it's probably, like you said, it's probably EA taking ahead of it. Or maybe the contract is written up where UFC gets a uh, like a 40-60 split for it. EA does all the work and, do- and like does all the promotion and shit. And... Uh, the UFC pays for any losses off of the quarterly expectations. I don't know. I have no idea how they pulled this off. Yeah. But that's, so, that's um, appears. you were kind of, uh, helping me bring up a point, right? It's yeah, like, we have so many different sci-fi fighting type of title, you know, triple uh, a titles, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, street fighter, Mortal <clears> Kombat, <throat> et cetera. Yep. Is there that you can think of? Because I can't think of anything. Is there another MMA game besides UFC? No. No. Isn't that kind of interesting? Or there there are other wrestling games that aren't affiliated with well, wait a minute. That, popular That's a good point. Is there a Bellator video game? You know what? I don't know. I'm assuming no. We're going to do a quick uh, Google search right now live. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because, I mean, I'm, in, I'm at Game Exchange or GameStop quite often, and uh, these are games I really don't see. Well, more of the newer UFC games I'll see, like whatever the, the latest one is. Um, but Bellator. Let's see. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Your silence is speaking volumes right now. EA Sports. Oh, wait a second. There is a game that came out in 2010 uh, called EA Sports... I don't know if my camera's going to pick this up. Nope, because of the thing. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. EA Sports MMA. On the cover is Randy Couture. An actual, like, it's it's him. And, um, oh, that Russian guy. Who, Fedor? <sighs> Let's see if my, nope, my camera's not going to pick it up. The Russian guy. Hold on. I believe he's Russian. You believe he's Russian. I'm going to send it to you right now. You said nothing when so, I said Fedor, so I don't know another huge Russian name. I, I think that's him. You think I it's think Fedor? it's Fedor. This was a PS3 and Xbox 360 era game. And it does not say specifically UFC. It does not say Bellator. It's simply EA Sports MMA. MMA? Oh my gosh, what is this? Right? What is this? And it's not like <laughs> unknown fighters. <laughs> oh my gosh. EA Sports um, MMA? Oh, here we go. Bellator MMA Onslaught for Xbox 360. Oh, wow. So they had one? It got a 6.4 rating, though. But they had a game? Uh, Yeah. Uh, release date, July 4th of 2012. Holy shit. So there you go. Holy shit. Um, anyways, I think that is Fedor, and that's Kotor. So so I stand corrected. There you go. 
That's actually interesting how... I mean, there were UFC games out. So for EA Sports to then make a game simply called MMA, and you have a UFC fighter... And, wait, was was Fedor part of UFC? Or no, did, I thought so, he was a different. Uh... No, no, no. He was not. He's never been UFC. But EA Sports MMA is a global MMA video game, which is not restricted to one brand or region. Uh, so it's like a bunch of top dogs from all sorts of federations or companies. I don't know kind of how they got one. that. Unless the UFC did it early on, thinking it it like it had to because it didn't have it, the lion's share of the market, but. I couldn't. Could you mm. imagine the UFC now doing a video game in partnership with fucking Bellator? That's not going to happen. They wouldn't do that. Yeah, no. Strike well, Force in I UFC. Mean, like I said, no. there was there was a game that was very popular, a wrestling game, uh, WCW versus NWO. True. You had two different federations True. going up against. I mean, I think if Dana and whoever was in charge of Bellator or One uh, FC or uh, Pride or whatever. Uh, I I think that'd be a very interesting game. You have UFC fighters versus Bellator fighters, and you have oh, like yeah. this fantasy sports game now. One hundred percent. But the problem is, Dana likes money, and the problem with doing that now is that because the UFC is the premier promotion. And the MMA industry, the the MMA sports sphere, right? They have nothing to gain by partnering with Bellator. And Bellator has everything to gain by partnering with UFC. And Dana White will never extend a hand to a company for nothing. Like, that's not going to happen. That's not how Dana operates. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not going to, so it's not going to happen. I could see if UFC was struggling, I could definitely see them do something with uh, with Bellator. Like, let's pick up N- WCW versus NWO. Didn't they all merge into WCW? And uh, then WCW was versus the WWF, and that turned into the WWE when the WCW folded? You would probably know more than me. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I remember the, okay. I remember the WCW invasion, which was... One of the greatest crossovers, if not maybe maybe the top crossover of all time in my life, was watching fucking Monday Night Raw, and the and I forgot who it was that came in and attacked somebody, but it was a WCW wrestler, and it was like what the fuck, and then all of Raw was basically about how the WCW is invading the WWF. And it turned, and then they you found out there were WWF skate like turncoats, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, like you had people who were changing sides and and trying to side with WCW. That was a beautiful. That might be one of the best Vince McMahon moves of all time. He knew WCW was folding, and he knew that he could ingest the entire roster, but he wanted to make sure that like. He wanted to do it in a way where he could make money. He did it by mocking an invasion of WCW versus the WWE and turning it into a winner-take-all of the company. And if WCW won, everything became WCW. And if the WWE won, everything became WWE. That was fucking insane to do. Granted, he's pulling the strings behind it, but as a kid... Even now, I'm, I'm like, I'm like hyped up about it because it was so fucking badass, and it was so crazy to see how it polarized the fan base. You had people who hated Kurt Angle, fucking couldn't stand Kurt Angle, the Olympic yeah. uh, wrestler. You like yep. fucking booing him all the time. When Kurt Angle came out and fucking like Olympic, like Kurt Angle slammed like a WCW wrestler, the people sc- like in the arena screaming bl- until they bled. <laughs> shot blood out their mouths for Kurt Angle was such an amazing feeling because even though I was never there, you could feel the 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 tribal part of the whole thing of just he's WWE and I'm WWE, so we stand together against this shit. And it was just <laughs> fucking insane. And then Stone Cold coming out and then and then The Rock 
And it was Stone Cold versus The Rock, and Stone Cold went to WCW, I believe it was. No, who was it? Yeah, I think it was Stone Cold went to WCW, and The Rock was the leader of the WWE. And holy shit, what a fucking experience that was. And then at the very end, I think they did like a, I think it was a five-on-five fight, or it was like a one-on-one fight for... Like the whoever wins wins the fucking WWE. I think it was a five yeah. on five tag team matchup, and the winner wins like WWE. The or okay, the they, winner takes all, and it came down to like it was like five versus five, and then five versus four, and then crazy shit happened in four versus two, but then it was like two on two, and then it came down to 1v1. It was like an hour-long match, and it was glorious. And it was everybody on the edge of their seat, everybody screaming. It was such it was such good drama. That's what it was. The drama yeah. just, the, the drama is there. And the, the, the reason why I think wrestling still has a huge audience, I mean, I'm not a, I don't really follow it now, but the thing that made it such a huge, that still makes it, I think, such a huge draw is that until MMA came along, you never had the anticipation and the drama of a story through fighting without without MMA, right? Like like we have it now, right? Like think about the the lead up to um like McGregor versus Diaz 2. Think about the storylines yeah. behind. Think about the storylines behind McGregor versus Diaz 1. The fucking storylines behind that. Think about the yeah. storyline behind Justin Gaethje versus Nurmagomedov. The the tension and the anticipation of oh, what could happen. What can this be? Now, we both know the WWE uses a lot of theatrics and acting to enhance the, the final clash of it that we see for the end result. Like, of course, they mm-hmm. fucking do a lot of lead up for that with the storyline of it. But like when it hit, it fucking hits. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it fucking hits. Like, dude, when it was WCW invading WWE and everybody was like, oh, my gosh. Like, right now, the WCW have so so much power. All these guys are standing here. Like, there's defectors on their side. And it's only, like, like, I think it was only, like, five, like, B-listed name WWF wrestlers. And they're trying to fight back. And everybody's like, oh, my God. WCW is about to just beat up these guys. Like from the organization from the tribe that we support and then all of a sudden like the lights go dark and then you heard like the undertaker theme song <laughs> yeah <laughs> and everybody the screams the screams that you could hear through the tv that like the announcers uh like have to scream into the microphone so like you could still hear what they're saying of like oh my god it's the undertaker but like you can barely yeah. hear it because they're screaming so loud in the theatrics of like the giant like gong of his like intro and i think it, this was the attitude era so it was actually limp biscuit like rolling and he came out <laughs> he comes out with a fucking harley and like it's not a mock harley it's a real fucking lowrider and he's just blasting it and it's like like in the middle of a fucking arena and it's just like oh you have fire going on the sides and it's just like oh yep. my god and then kane comes out with him and then they, he gets off the bike and they run down and all this other shit and then they swipe out half of the crowd like half of the group but then they start getting beat up and they start losing and then uh, the lights go down again and all of a sudden you hear like the I feel smell and then the place finds another level of screaming like just (laughs) (laughs) as like the lights go blue and the thing goes nuts and the rock comes out and he starts running down and everybody just losing their minds and then he slides he runs full sprint like full speed down this ramp he leaps he leaps like from three feet away from the ring. He has so much speed. He leaps and slides on his stomach into the ring underneath the ropes. He immediately burpees up into like the, the rock position and then just starts rock bottoming everybody. Just like one after another in a line. Just finishing move, finishing move, finishing move, finishing move. And each one, the crowd just going nuts. Like our savior's here. The guy who's been missing all night has appeared to save his the people that we didn't think were his friends because we just saw last week they were he was fighting these people 
like you know what i mean people that he had like like bad vibes with but now it's like mm-hmm. no now it's wwf like we stand as one we protect this house and it's just like and then that's like the last guy the, i forget the last poor wcw guy who had to take it the rock like like does like a spine buster then he does the people's elbow <laughs> on him and everybody's screaming and everybody's flashing cameras and it's just like a strobe light show because people are just taking so many pictures and freaking out and it's just like and then it's over and he th- rolls the dude off the ring and it's just the rock and a whole bunch of the wwf wrestlers there like some of them beaten up some of them bleeding <laughs> some of them tired but they're all like some of them bent over breathing heavily but the rock just stands in front of all of them and he like puts his hand up and he like does the bring it <laughs> the bring it thing as all the wcw guys are running or like backing up the ramp and then it plays the rock song again like dude are you kidding me like that's such good fucking entertainment that's such good drama like hitting that you only get because of the story that wrestling tells and you we, we never experienced any other form of that besides boxing really you know yeah and in boxing we kind of had it boxing is kind of there right just i think about every floyd mayweather fight that Floyd would build up, and then Floyd yeah. would, Floyd would be walking down the ramp, like walking down in his intro, and he'd be wearing like a Mexican outfit because he's fighting a Mexican <laughs> boxer. So he'd be doing, he'd be coming out as a traditional, like in a traditional Mexican boxer ceremony. He'd have the giant yeah. hat on. He'd have the like the the cape on, like the the overthrow. He'll be it, they'll be playing Mexican music. He'll have a mariachi band behind him and shit, being a fucking troll. That's wrestling. <laughs> That's a wrestling move. The buildup yeah. and the drama and the theatrics of that to hype up the fight to be like, I fucking hope De La Hoya beats the fuck out this guy. I hope De La Hoya <laughs> has like it's possessed by some Mexican spirit that allows him <laughs> to punch through Floyd's face because fuck this dude for being an asshole. You know, and like and that's the drama of it and that's the power of it. And I think with MMA that never happened at first, but it it slowly began. I don't want to say I forget. I don't know what era I could I could say it is, but probably around you know. Chuck Liddell, the Iceman cometh, and you see mm. like these crazy knockouts, and he does that like finish when he wins, and he like whips his arms open, and he screams, and veins yep. are popping out of his fucking skull. It's just yep. like that's a theatrical part of it it's just we see this monster we see the ice man like ice runs through his veins he fucks people up like watch him and like oh no but you know tito's gonna get him tito's this badass and then bop nope no he doesn't and then you see the giant finish the giant theatrical celebration by ice man just the roar and the scream like that's the it's similar but i feel like mma hits with that dramatic impact and that theatrical um depth by the the reality of the situation of us being literally on bated breath because it's all so it's so random. We don't know. There's no way yeah. to predict it. You know what I mean? Like even fights you think you know, you still go, I don't know. Like <laughs> like like the Nurmagomedov fight versus Justin Gaethje. Remember the build up to that? Just uh, men, do you remember our our episode on this podcast about that? Remember? Yep. Yeah, like we were so ready to see the upset of Gaethje has the tools. It's going to happen. Nope, it doesn't happen. <laughs> but remember the excitement and the buildup of it, of, of what we think could happen? You know? Yeah. That's, that's the drama that we want. That's the, that's the, that's the storyline that, that, that comes through with MMA. Uh, that doesn't need the theatrical buildup of, of wrestling. But then again, you see people like Conor McGregor, who's pretty much a professional wrestler when it comes to his character. Mm-hmm. But he can fight, and you see what that does. You see what that does to the storylines of things. It's always exciting with him for some reason. Yeah. You know? So, sorry, that was a long tangent, but I got wrapped up in the memories of the WCW invasion of WWF. <laughs> Oh, that was such a good time. Oh, shit. I, if I ever run into Vince McMahon, I don't care for the guy. I don't care for his family. I don't care for anything about what he stands for. But I will have to say to his face, I'll have to say, Vince, I don't know what you did specifically behind the scenes for the WCW invasion saga of the WWF <laughs> before it turned to the WWE. 
I want to just say it was some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. It was just so captivating yeah. and so fucking thrilling. And I don't know what backdoor contracts were made or talks were had, but whatever strings that were pulled to set up every single thing that happened, holy shit. The energy from that is just was just untouchable. Yeah. Oh. oh. And then after that, and then after that, after it turns into the WWE, I think it was the exact same year, fucking Hulk Hogan returns. Hulk Hogan. And Rick oh, Flair. Was- Hulk Hogan and Rick Flair <laughs> come back. That's I think it's the same year. Or maybe it was two years after, but it was a, oh my God, Hulk Hogan is fucking back? Are you kidding me? There's no way. And then he comes back and it's just like, holy shit. And then he comes out to his intro. And as somebody who never saw any of his matches growing up, because I was too young to see his intro, it's just like, it was just so cool because he was a blast from the past, but he was updated, right? With the colors and the, and the, and like the lights and the music and the, in the in the video they would play on the jumbotron form yep so fucking cool and then you have the rock versus hulk hogan at wrestlemania the build-up to that fucking fight dude it's good times dude this is gonna turn into a wrestling podcast fuck this fuck this mma bullshit and this is why wrestling video games are more popular than MMA. Yes. See, that's why. That's and why. You, and you just proved my point. Why are MMA <laughs> games not as popular? <laughs> so my point's going to be, my my topic of conversation is going to be very quick. Okay. And it is, or actually, okay, it's not a point. I guess it's a point I'm going to make with a question. But how come Kamara Usman is not given the conversation of his greatness? in the same way mm. that other people have given other champions like George St. Pierre or Anderson Silva. Is it because yeah, they think he's know, boring or? Yeah. You know, I was, um, it's funny cause he's not the only one that has kind of gone through that. Um, you know, like there was like Tyrone, uh, Woodley Woodley. You he know, was close. Kind of the same thing. Well, he was close. He, yeah, he was close. You know, um, but yeah, with with uh, Kamaru, um, I don't know if it's maybe he just has like a boring fighting style, uh, or it's the build up to the fight, like the way he's uh, marketing himself, or whatever his managers are telling him. Uh, he's a savage, man. He's a savage. I don't think. I don't. He think, really is. I don't think he's been taken down once in the UFC. I think he still has a perfect he, takedown defense record. Yeah, and I mean, I even saw the 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 stat photo that you had sent. That's insane, uh, right? I mean, uh, Habib, it's off by like point zero four percent of. Uh, uh, I think it was their their control. Right. Takedown. Yep. It wasn't defense. It was uh, them uh, controlling the situation or something like that. And literally, he's only behind by like 0.05% to Khabib. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. Um, That's my point. Like, nobody, they just go, oh, yeah, Kamar. Only one loss, fighting. too, I think, in, in his career. Only one loss. Yep. Um, yep. 223 fighters in the UFC and UFC history have spent at least one hour grappling. Only two have held control positions for over 90% of their grappling time. Usman's at 97.36. And Habib was... And Habib uh, was 97.40. So there you go. 0.04%. Yeah. I have a feeling it's just kind of like a smorgasbord of everything. Um, it's got to be marketing, maybe, his style. Although, he's doing a great job. No, no one's denying that. I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's a little bit of um, maybe the buildup to his fights during press conferences. Uh, maybe, like... <sighs> I, I, I hate 
comparing people to fucking Connor all the time and like the way he is, but I, I it's almost like he tries to act like a th- not necessarily a thug, but uh like a tough guy, you more mean? of a more of a badass than he truly is at heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. I feel like with Connor, yeah, it is a show, but I feel like a part of that is actually Connor. Like in real yes, life. Yes, yes. Like the you know? like the trash and talking and, and the cockiness. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't know if that has anything to do with his Irish heritage as well. I don't know the people of Ireland, but you know, maybe it's also a mix of that. But um so I, I, I don't think it's one particular thing and I don't think it has anything to do with uh, the guy and his talent, because clearly he has it. I just think, again, it's like little things, little things that create a big thing. And because of that, he's uh, he always seems to be the underdog, no matter who he's fighting. I did see the finishing move, like that little jab that he pulled off on uh, uh, Burns. Is that the guy? Yep, Gilbert Burns. Yep. He fought. Yep. Um, which was third round, second or third round. And... Uh, <laughs> Again, I mean, great job. You know, like you did your job. You you got the guy in the ground. You know, uh, Herb Dean's kind of confused whether or not he should st- be stopping the fight. Yeah, a few times he kind of went in and was like, "Yeah, no, no, keep going." <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I I I've watched. I'm going to be honest. I'm one of those guys, though. I've never. I was never really into. Kamaru, and I think maybe it's because of the way he's uh, being marketed. I under, I agree with you with his trash talking. Like there's a, like when he trash talked and trash talks because he still does it. Jorge Masvidal, there's a significant difference to their trash talking, and I'm not saying just what they're saying, but almost the authenticity behind it. Maybe it's because that's what I mean. Yeah, maybe it's because we know that Masvidal is literally uh, like. A guy, uh, like a street fighter, like a fucking guy from the street who right. who lives and breathes that kind of shit. And he is a hard ass and he is a dude who's, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of who he is. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like the Diaz brothers, right? Like, when they talk shit, there's an, authentic, there's an authenticity behind it. It's like, well, yes, right. if you hear about their upbringing, you're not surprised about hearing that. And I'm not saying Usman's from, like, some kind of, like, royal background, so it sounds weird. But I know what you mean. I, it's just like, I mean, he is a savage. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not a badass. I'm not going to say that he's not a savage. Here's the weird thing I'm going to say to to kind of partner with what you're saying. I thought he was a fucking killer until he won the belt. And it's not that I don't think he's a killer, but I went from hyping that dude up like, yo, this dude's a fucking monster. He is terrifying. To then he won the belt, and now I'm just like, that's eh, Kamaru, yeah. <laughs> like... Mm. I don't know why. I don't know why I have that opinion change. Or not opinion, because I haven't changed my opinions. I know he's a savage. But I guess my... I don't know. My feeling on him? Like, my feeling on him is just like, yeah, you know, it's a Kamara Usman fight versus Gilbert Burns. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fun. Versus before, it would be like, oh, who's facing Usman? Oh, dude. you're sleep- People sleeping on Usman. He's a fucking monster. You don't want to sleep on that dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And like I said, this isn't he's not the first fighter that uh I know me personally, like I, I, I have I've felt similar towards and um you know, millions of other people. Um and although this point that I'm gonna make could be argued because of the type of weight class that he was in, but I mean look at Mighty Mouse, you know? I mean you you're the one that always brought it up and until like I started watching his highlights and really seeing who he was as a person and a fighter and I'm like Jesus Christ and the guy just never got the fucking uh not necessarily I guess respect but just being acknowledged and publicly yeah yeah uh, you know it's it's so weird it is i mean it, i mean he like like Mighty Mouse is recognized by all fighters. Like GSP is on is on record in interviews being like he's the best martial artist of all time. Oh wow. 
Yeah, GCP is like easily it's Demetrius Johnson. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, who's oh, the best? Shit. Who's the best martial artist uh, in the UFC? And he goes, uh, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse is the greatest martial artist of all time. Wow. Yeah, like a lot of fighters say, like if I could move and fight like DJ, that would be amazing. That would be insane if I could do what he does. If I could pull off what he mm. pulls off, I th- I think. There, I think so. I think there's things working against Kamaru, and there were things working against Mighty Mouse. And Mighty Mouse, it was, I don't want to say the size, because a lot of people like to say the size because he was uh, like such a small weight class, but I, I don't think that, that matters. I think the thing was, is he was beating the fuck out of dudes so completely. Like you and I have talked about this yeah. multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Where it would be him in his corner talking to his coach like, "Yeah, no, I'm feeling pretty good. I I I will make sure to I'll make sure to take it slow on that part and uh, I'll make sure to counter." Um okay, yeah, yeah. And then the other end they're just like, "Two more rounds. You got two more rounds." <laughs> like like <laughs> Oh, you got to hang in there, right? He's coming in with the kick. You got to counter that kick. You got to step back. You got to get back in there before he can get his feet back under him goes back and he's just like yeah no i'm feeling pretty good i'm having fun it's a good fight it's a good fight <laughs> he's like all right then then you keep having fun dj all right thanks man i will and it's just like he gets ready <laughs> so it, it's just i think it was because the dominance by dj was so fucking dominant like he was clearly better than every than everybody he was put in the ring with like the octagon with it was just yeah i don't know i think that was kind of the turnoff I think that was kind of kind of part of the turnoff with GSP. It's like all all he does is like lay and pray. It's like, well, well, no, he he's he's literally outthinking his opponent, and you can watch it in real time. The dude is basically a master chess player. What like we're watching him put everybody into checkmate every single fight. <laughs> like, right? It's insane. But I think it be, it was because people were getting bored of the predictability of it. It was just, mm-hmm. yeah, GSP is going to win. He's going to win on points because he's going to outsmart the guy, beat him on takedowns, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to get hit or hurt, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And remember the crowd reactions whenever GSP would get tagged? Yeah. Not so much in like, yay, he got hurt, but more just, holy shit, he actually got hit. Like, that was the reaction. It was, whoa, yeah. they actually caught him with something. They actually hit him with a good hit. Whoa, we never see yep. that shit. Like, that's the reaction to it. You know what I mean? And I think that's why GSP's numbers kind of, like, plateaued at a bit. Because it wasn't anything on GSP's end. It, you know, you can't be like, oh, GSP should have been like Conor McGregor knocking people out. Or Ronda Rousey, like, armbarring everybody every single match. It's just, no, that's not a feasible long-term strategy. The end of the day is the win. I can't fault anybody how they get a win. I think the problem is, is that the style becomes predictable. And I think Kamaru has quickly turn into that style it's just you can't take him down so people don't go for the takedowns on him or if they do kamaru just fucking wrestles the shit out of him or mm. or just you know clinches them like a motherfucker against the cage and then it's just a clinch game and kamaru is a fucking machine when it comes to grappling like that so it's like Nurmagomedov. It's just, okay, cool. Oh, yep. Hey, look at that. He's he's trapping the legs. Oh, look. The guy in the bottom is trying to position off and like angle off the fence. Now he's on the fence. And now, oh, look. Nurmagomedov is climbing up the body. And there's the joke. It's just... Yeah. It, 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 the, the the thrill behind, Nur- behind watching Nurmagomedov fight was always, can he make that happen, though? Or will he get hit? Because he never had the same... I don't know, flair in the stand-up. Not that he didn't have the skill. He definitely still had skill in the stand-up, clearly, as we've seen. But with Kamaru, because people know he's so strong in the clinch and they know he's so strong on the fence and he's so strong with the takedown defense, they just strike with him. And then you turn into a Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman match where it's a back and forth until the fifth round where Kamaru just powers powers through and, and KOs. Because yeah. clearly, as we just saw versus Gilbert Burns, he's got fucking power. <laughs> like that was a jab i think that like flashed it was up. just a jab just boom. oh yeah yeah just boom so i mean it's it's yeah yeah i mean i think it's i think it's maybe the predictability with kumaru is the reason why people aren't giving him the public credit that he deserves you know what i mean and it's not like he does it in a flashy way it's not like gsp was very flashy either you know um i think that's why izzy who's fighting soon uh, I think Izzy fights in March, but I think that's why Izzy has a very predictable fight 
style, but it's so entertaining. He's the fucking Matrix in yeah. there, right? Yeah. He's so cocky with it. He's like a Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor brashness, but with the confidence and the skill set of somebody who, like like a prime yeared Anderson Silva. Silva. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's this perfect yep. cocktail of a fighter and a brand and a product, and that's why he sells, and that's why he's entertaining. Also, he talks mad shit. He talks mad shit. I remember, I remember when Izzy first got into the UFC, and I, you and I talked about him on this podcast. And before the episode, <laughs> I, I sent you a video of all of his kickboxing shit, and you were like, "Holy fuck!" Remember the one where he like he knocks the dude out, and then he just he goes back to his corner, puts his feet up, and he just like sit, <laughs> lays in his corner on the top rope with his hands crossed, yep. just like, "Yep, yep." That's fucking. <laughs> That's attitude, and that's not something he's put yeah. on for his UFC brand. That's who he is to his fucking core. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's just it's it's yeah it, it it's 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 hard to say how to become a big brand in MMA, but it's but it's easy to find examples of it. Yeah, it's it's very true. I mean, I could think of plenty of fighters who have the complete opposite persona or style. And again, they're like top tier compared to others. And then there's people again, like the DS brothers who can sit there and talk shit. They don't even have to win the match. They're literally, it's like (laughs) Cowboy Cerrone. Yep. I love the guy. He's talented, whatever. How many fights has this dude lost? But you know what? Yeah. When he fights again, of course I'm watching it. It's yeah. Cowboy Cerrone. Everybody loves Cowboy. You know? Yeah, it's his personality. Like, exactly. It's <laughs> it, so for the the up and comer. It's like, well, who are you? Who are you supposed to be? It's like you don't know whether you should be yourself or put on that persona because it works for some and not for others. It's really hard, right? Like that's what happened to Colby. Yeah, Colby his entire career supposedly yeah until apparently like, what, he's the the nicest guy yeah he was the <laughs> he was known as the nicest guy a quiet dude he always gave respect he was a a hardworking guy who showed up put in the work he was a great teammate and then he put on this yeah. persona like what three years ago maybe he put on the whole like like I'm an asshole persona yeah. and then he made enemies with his teammates and all this other shit but guess what he got a title shot. He got big endorsements and whatever. Like, he got a lot of attention on him. Like, he became a brand by doing it. But it's fake, and everybody knows it. And then you get videos of popping out of him talking to fans and being real with fans. And they're just like, dude, why are you not like this all the time? And he's just saying, I can't. I'm not going to sell if I'm like myself. I got to be this person that people want to hate and be entertained by. You know? Yeah. So, so it's funny how some people feel like they have to take that. I don't even know if you would call it a burden if it's in their favor, but they feel like they have to. They have to take on that role, you know, even if it's something they don't want to be. And and we can end this very shortly because a I kind of have to go, but b I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, which is very easy for me to do, as you know, and anybody who listens to this podcast knows. When I just go off on a fucking tangent, but that's a thing that's been happening for the past four years in general in America. It's so easy to 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 divvy up into kind of, I guess, a, a, a cultural and societal product to gain attention for the masses, right? Like this is happening right now for some reason. I don't know why this is a thing that happens in today's... I mean, I do know why. It's because of social media and the internet and the easy access to technology. Dan Crenshaw, a Republican uh, senator from Texas, right? Yep. He's been having a lot of tweets dug up about him shitting on California for having rolling blackouts, right? And he blames back in the summer when California had rolling blackouts, the rolling blackouts were due to the heat waves, right? Overloading generators and shit like that. And Dan, for some reason, felt a need to publicly criticize it and say it's because it's a Democratic state. It's not a Republican state. Oh. And that's why. Like... Oh, man, here in Texas, we would never do that shit, blah, 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 blah. Texas has over 3 million people without power because they got hit by a winter storm. Is that the fault right. of their senators? Not directly. Is it the fault of their of the people who live there? Absolutely not. But have things happened where, for example, 
they wanted to not they wanted not, Texas to not be regulated by the federal government and be on the national grid so they could have it privatized and run by the market. Yeah, they did. So now they can't get power to three million people. So now there's people dying. There's people trying to burn fucking their ovens and stoves overnight and getting carbon dioxide poisoning. Like there's shit like that happening now. And then you have, so here's the thing. That moment, right? Like you could just forget about the past and just say, Texans need to come together. We want, I mean, Texas has literally opened, said they wanted to secede from the union recently. So whatever the fuck that is, but they've opened, like the stance should be, let's come together, help out your neighbor, you know, care for each other. Let's get through this. He starts tweeting about how its renewable energies are the fault because the wind turbines froze, failing to mention that the wind turbines make up only 12% of the state's like energy grid. Not to mention both the natural gas from coal and, and oil and, and wind turbines. Nothing, because why would it be fucking winterized for minus three degree weather and snow and ice? So instead right. of coming out and just saying like, hey, this is an unpredictable situation because it was... And there's nothing we can do to undo the past because you can't. But we're just going to come together and move forward as Texans because we are Texans. And Texans tighten the bootstraps and go to work for each other. Instead, he's attacking renewable energies because it's his way to keep attacking blue states and, bl- and like <laughs> people who are in government who want to have renewable energy and want to position that. He didn't yeah. have to do that. But he's doing it because it's now a product to say that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a product to align people by being, I guess, to put up a lightning rod for a rally call for that kind of response. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. And it's just unnecessary. I mean, to go back to the original point, do you have to do that in MMA, like you said, to put up the product, the image of who you are? Colby Covington did, and it worked for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think people even really gave a shit about the fact that he was like, I'm a super Trump guy, blah, blah, blah. I don't think people gave a shit about his political belief on that. I think people gave a shit about the fact that they were like, this isn't who you are. Like, the real Kobe doesn't, like, hire strippers to stand with him and massage his back when he does videos. He doesn't do hit piece, like, insult clips that he posts on social media attacking other fighters. He doesn't talk down on his teammates at top team you know what i mean and i think it was just the fact that people were saying like you said this is so obviously fake and phony this isn't who you actually are like you're just embellishing this product and of this image that you want to have out there right and i again i think it just goes with the time that it's very easy to be with or against it in alignment with social media because you have shit like that right like you have politicians like like you have aoc for example right She's very popular now. Why? Because she verbally spars with other people and other politicians who spar with her. We're watching politicians fucking spar <laughs> back and forth, throw insults to each other about shit. Like, why is that a th- why is that a discourse in government? <laughs> why is that a di- it shouldn't be? It should be a shut the fuck up and do your job situation yeah. right but it's not it's a well i'm gonna say this well oh yeah well did you know about this and this and dim, 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 and it goes back and fucking forth but guess what it gets the clicks it gets the views it's the, it becomes the product it becomes the rallying yeah. point which sucks because at least in government that hurts everybody to a degree on the bright side with mma it, it, it either so far it's only helped mma fighters I don't know anybody who's had an identity change where it's made them less money, gotten them out of the spotlight more. You know what I mean? If anything, it's gotten the spotlight yeah. on them, increased conversation, gotten more publicity. It's gotten more marketing. It's increased eyeballs on them. It goes back to the clicks and views. And I know you don't like social media, and I know you hate the use of that kind of, I guess, frequency in, of integration of technology into everyday lives. But here's the downside. The downside that I have to break is that it's never going to go back. Technology oh, is not going to change to go back to retro to a different style of living. It's only going to accelerate and only going to increase, mm-hmm. right? So we're in a weird, you know, maturing phase of the cocoon of whatever it is we're fucking dealing with with technology that's eventually going to change whenever we break through the other end of it but until then 
I'm surprised more fighters have not tried the Colby Covington uh, route. Maybe they have the discussion that you said. They think about like, is this going to hurt me? Is this worth it? Could it work? Could it fail? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I, I think what doesn't help either is the people, the, you know, the, the, the spectators, the crowd, the audience. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. it's funny, again, how we it's like we also have a part in that where we pick and choose, well, who do we want the goody two shoes to be and who do we want yeah this badass yeah that's a good point so yeah like i I, like that i think was a huge part of ronda we wanted ronda to be this beautiful badass princess but she was really like just this fucking savage right like and people like she's so aggressive it's like no that's how she always has been like (laughs) you just had this dainty image you put up of her that you were trying to take as and put on her as that's Ronda Rousey, your interpretation of her. But everything she's giving you, which is authentic Ronda Rousey, is she's a, I don't take shit, I'm a fucking savage, like get the fuck out of my way and don't look at me type of person. And it was like, oh, yeah. Ronda's so mean. It's like, no, that's just Ronda's attitude. She's straightforward. That's how she is. Is she abrasive? Yes. But is she abrasive because she's actually abrasive to, like from the start? Or is she abrasive because you thought she wasn't abrasive and then she turns out to be abrasive? You know what I mean? You didn't think you were going to touch sandpaper and it was sandpaper. That kind of experience where, Mm. and and, and to an extent it's great because Rhonda never tried to sell her image. I think like she never tried to sell an identity. So you were just trying to always authentically be herself of like, I'm a hard worker. I'm a, I'm a judoka. I, I wanted to win gold in the Olympics. I fucking bust my ass off. I train my ass off. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to fuck girls up. Like, that was her, like, fight interviews. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to rip her arm off. That's my plan. <laughs> and like, like oh, oh, okay. Like, okay, Rhonda. So, I, I just, yeah. Anyways. Good talk, my man. Good talk. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, real ranty. You know, we, we missed out on the Tuesday night because of uh, some issues uh, on my end, so... Had a lot of rants stored up. They built up and, and turned into this episode. <laughs> Makes for good episodes, though. Yeah, it does. It does. All right, man. In that, All right. In that case, I'm going to say I will uh, catch you on the flip side very shortly. Yes. And also, just to end, uh, you brought him up a few times, but congrats to The Undertaker uh, on his recent retirement. Oh, yeah. So, he finally retired. Yeah. It's yeah, so weird. So. It's so weird to hear him talk and not be The Undertaker. Oh, I know. It's like, <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? Like, like, why are you smiling? Like, what is this? Yeah. Don't yep. don't laugh. It's not it's not what I'm used to. But yeah, congratulations, to The Undertaker. Hell of a fucking career. Hell of a job. Hell yes. of a fucking career, man. So good for him. Yeah. Um. Yep. But yeah, happy times, happy health to everybody. And if you're listening to this in Texas, I hope you get power soon. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Peace.